Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to the digitally uploaded podcast, the companion podcast, the digitally downloaded.net. My name is Alan. I'm going to be your host for today. I almost coughed. I didn't. I'm proud of myself. We're making progress here on the podcast. With me this week is the venerable host who took over for me when I was off being a weirdo in a different land. It's Matt. Hello, Matt. Venerable, huh? That's venerable. like old. Yeah, it's like wizened and smart. Or just old. The, the land, the weird land is consuming him with all it's okay. It's okay. made up me, words. It's okay to call me old. It's 2022 now. I don't think, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're all old in spirit here. I feel awful now. I was trying to be like, <laughs> this is a man of pomp and circumstance. What I've just done is I've insulted you and made you feel bad. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, it's Matt. It's Matt is, is the writer. He's the editor of Digitally Downloaded. Done there. He's a man who does not like Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, on the other corner, who also probably does not enjoy Horizon Zero Dawn, but probably thinks it's okay, is Trent. Hello, Trent. I haven't played it. Well, no, I don't like. Yeah. I played it once when we were at PAX with Matt, and he was like, it's shit. So I was like, okay, we're bored. Let's go somewhere else. That's reasonable. That's a fair take. I think it's a very, very run of the mill Ubisoft style game, not made by Ubisoft. Um, and now, Harvard, in, in what's fairness, your, what's fairness, your take? In fairness, it doesn't have NFTs. Come on. Yeah, I mean, it's not literally yet. scraping the bottle on the barrel. Yeah, it's, it's grim. <laughs> I mean, at least hello, Harvard as well. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. My take on Horizon Zero Dawn is that I wish it could just remain what it was in the trailers, which is the cool thing to show. Just a person fighting robot dinosaurs is a great idea, and then when you actually play the game, it's just oh, it's okay, it's okay. It's a very it's the definition trailer. of an okay game. That is a weekly rental from Blockbuster Video. <laughs> it's a very that gorilla game. Reference. It's like it, it's like what Gorilla does every single time. It's it's. A perfectly no. competent, a perfectly competent but deathly boring game. I disagree because Killzone Two was badass. No, it was just. It was bad. a great game. No, it was great. I loved shooting space Nazis. They were in space and they had red eyes, just in case you couldn't tell they were actually evil. That's that's about as subtle as you expect from Gorilla. I mean, it's nuanced. Yeah. It's to be fair, though, this is a world that we exist in where people look at the Joker and are like, "Oh hell yeah, dude." I want to be that guy. Game. I'm gonna be that guy, and then they look at the the Wolf of Wall Street, and they're like, "Oh, he has money I like that," and then they try <laughs> and become the Wolf of Wall Street. But instead of Wall Street, it's like the Wolf of Pulteney Street in Adelaide, and no one gives a fuck. So no, I mean, I mean, this I, you are you are right. I guess this is the world where "Don't Look Up" was considered some kind of smart thing. I don't yeah. know if you've seen that film yet. It's it's not very smart. I watched about half of it and was like, this is good, and then stopped. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's not too bad. It's on point. Like, it, yeah. but it's, it's just about as subtle and intelligent as well, a, a thing that's not very subtle or intelligent. Really. So me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, note, I, like, it's I, I like the, 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 what was the one he did about the movie, uh, the Wall Street, um, The Big Short. Big Short. I like The Big Short. That was a great film. Um, this one's just not doesn't have the same cast. I think that's what it is. Like the the big short was just perfectly cast with everybody, and then this one just has a bunch of duds. Anyway, we're not here to talk. This about is a movies. gaming podcast, by the we're way. Yeah. <laughs> the, the video, the videos. So let's have some some music, Alan. 
DJ Allen. It's yeah. something. It's something Miku related. Get on yeah, that's right. Yeah. In the future.
from that. So it is a new month, which means that there are some new things coming out. There's a couple of things I'm actually excited for, and I can't wait to bloody well talk about them. Um, Matt, do you yes. have the list? The list have, of power. I, I have the list. Lots of good games. I would games, love to it? hear. It's off to a start. I would start. love to hear. 2022 is off to a start, which is good. It is definitely good. If you like your video games, then there's plenty to look forward to. Let's start with PlayStation 5, shall we? Yeah. PlayStation 5 kicks off with, well, Far Cry. <laughs> Far Cry, there's some new DLC or NFT or something that comes out on January 11. There you go. Enjoy that if you enjoyed Far Cry 6, if you're the one or two people that did. Um, Ubisoft is also doing a Tom Clancy thing in January, if you like that. There you go. And uh, what else are we looking at? There is a game called Gun Vault Chronicles Luminous Adventure 9-2. I don't know why there needs to be a 9-2, but there is. That is uh, the worst name I've heard <laughs> in a while. But but it's not just that it's 9-2, Alan. It's like the 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 I in it's Roman numerals. So the I in nine is lowercase and then the X is uppercase. So yeah, it, it's interesting. I hate that. I hate that so much. Oh, you love it. It's your favorite thing. Um, you say gun vaults? Yeah, gun vaults. Like the um, Inti Creates one? I think that might be it. It might be Inti Creates. Oh, that'll be good. Yeah, there you go. Uh, there's also a game called Ghost Run- Runner Project Hell coming out on January 27. So that's a sequel, I think, to Ghost Runner, which was a game that people seem to enjoy when it came out. What was it last year, the year before? Um, so there you go. There's a sequel thing there. And then the big release for Sony in January is the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection. If you like those games, then there you go. You're going to be able to replay, what is it? Uncharted 4 and The Lost Legacy. So that's the latest two, isn't it? The most recent two Uncharted games. Anyway, they come together in a a collection if it's two games. Well, it's what Sony's called in a collection. So (laughs) Sony, Sony be Sony. They could have put them all on there and actually called it a real collection, but nah, too much value for money. Um, moving over to the PlayStation 4, we have Wind Jammers 2 coming out on January 20, Ooh. which should be fun. The first Wind Jammers was all right. It's like a sports game, right? Yeah, kind of esports. It's not like a real world sports, it's an esports thing, but it's pretty, pretty good. It was fun. Then we've got Battle Spirits Connected Battlers just in case the first battle didn't get you in. This game's about battling. Um, it's a card game. It's got over a thousand cards in it. So if you like your card games, then Battle Spirits Connected battles. Battler will have you battling for many hours of interesting battles, I guess. This is uh, very much like a, a pet peeve of mine, but naming a game like Battle... What, what is it called? Like Battle what? Battle Spirits Connected Battler. I hate it. Naming a game like that, and then saying, oh, it's a card game. I could not be <laughs> more disinterested in uh, you anything. Don't like, you don't like your card games, Alan. That's a pity. No, I card like card games, when they're called boring, McBoring, the boring game for boring people. Okay. No well, one likes card games. TV shows. You just give it a, like a really name like, you know, BattleBots. Yeah, that's I, sick. I like that's and it's also not a card game. <laughs> <laughs> anything that's not a card game is good, in my opinion. But <laughs> Moving on. Moving on, otherwise we'll get stuck talking about Battle Spirits too much. Uh, there is a game that is interesting. I'm looking forward to this. I actually have a code. I just haven't started to play it yet. It's called Reverie Knights Tactics. So it is a tactical RPG. 
isometric grids and all the other good stuff. Uh, it's by one C company. I think it's a Western developer. So rather than a Japanese Technics JRPG, this one is, yeah, a Western one. It looks all right. I'm looking forward to playing that. Uh, it doesn't also, have a snow scene. Probably. I mean, you've got to have a snow Next. scene. You've got to have a snow scene. <laughs> Otherwise, you're, you're just missing the whole point of the tactics RPG genre. There is, um, on January 25, City Skylines is actually getting yet another expansion because they can't be bothered making a sequel, so they're just going to keep adding stuff. But this one is airports, and I'm very much looking forward to that. I like um, I like City Skylines a whole lot, and airports is, in theory, a really good addition to that. So there you go. Looking forward to that. Um, there is a game called Kojin, or Kogan? I think Kojin. Sword of Rewind, which is, that's a title that Alan's loving right now. I'm not going to say anything, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Sword, no point. Of, sword of Rewind. Fight, Die, Rewind. It's basically that, uh, what does that Tom Cruise That's Edge movie? of Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, Edge of that's Tomorrow. Live, die, repeat. Yeah, it's Edge of Tomorrow, but sword rather than guns and shit. So there you go. Yeah, it's the, the eat, sleeve, rave, repeat of sword play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, Edge of Tomorrow was a Japanese light novel originally. So there you go. It's coming back home. I think that is a Japanese developer that's made that. So there we go. Um, what else we got? We also got Ghost Running coming in on PS4 if you haven't got a PS5 yet. And then that's it. That's it for PlayStation. So there is some stuff there. It's obviously January, but uh, yeah, some of the stuff there is interesting. The Switch has a lot of, a lot of games coming, starting with the best title of all, Star Balls. I can't wait to play Star Balls. <laughs> There's a Star Balls waiting on the Switch. Yeah, okay. Very good, um, It's too early in the morning for that. <laughs> to know, to I'm that sure out. it's like an earnest title made by a developer who wants their game taken seriously. And here we're just like Star Balls. Balls, not Wars. Wars would be a very bad copyright. That, that's what I said, Balls, Star Balls. Oh, okay. I thought you said Star Wars. I was like, no, yeah, that's naughty. Okay. <laughs> no, I, in the morning, you're more after stubbles because you're going to shave your beard. I'm tired. Um, I'm sorry. It was not good. That's not my best work. That's not good. And the no. worst part is I had a grin the size of a fucking Cheshire cat on my face saying that too. At least you enjoyed it, Alan. Oh, I had a great I time. Enjoyed it. I enjoyed at least the, the, you know, the David Bowie kind of thing. The, the pun, not the singing. Hey, the singing was great. It was spot on. Sounded just I'm like cry. Um, cry. <laughs> January January ten brings some more Picross. Picross S seven. If you haven't had enough Picross from the previous six, plus all the other Picrosses that are on the Switch, there is more coming. Yay! Um, on January eleven, I don't know what this game is, but it's just got a great name. So Dwee mixed three pack comes out on Switch on January eleven. Delete it. Um, Society is not worth it. You're going to love it. Uh, on January 13, there's a game called Jewel Princess coming out. Now, Jewel Princess is a kind of, uh, it's a casual strategy game by a developer that has previously made some super fan servicey visual novels, sort of be Alan's game of the year. It's coming out on January 13. What princess do you want to pick? Yeah, you get, they're, they're all good. <laughs> they're all very good princesses. And Alan's now fuming. You can just, I can actually hear his fuming. Right, so what does I have nothing to add because anything that I say will be used against me in court. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do, dude? <laughs> you know that I think it's shit. <laughs> I can't say anything. <laughs> it's, it's like that scene from The Simpsons where we're all just wait, waiting for Bart to... Say, say the line, Bart! 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, um, there is a game called Sniper Time, the shooting range coming out on January 13th. If you like, see, that also sucks. That's also awesome shit. Your casual, <laughs> super casual sniper game. It's not like Sniper Elite, it's just a very cheap sniper game that I, I just mentioned because it's got you know a shooting range. There. It, it, You're probably shooting targets rather than peeps. <laughs> That's how sniper that time game one word. Sniper, no. No, it's super, no, it's sniper weird. space time. Okay, yeah, less yeah. Le- less excited about that now. Yeah, yeah, it would be pretty cool if it was sniper time, just one word. That's that's awesome. Uh, Eternal Radiance comes out on January thirteen. That's a um, Kenko RPG maker style JRPG that gets flooded onto the Switch. It's a new one of those every week these days. So that comes out on January thirteen. Uh, what else we got? We have. Sorry, I'm scrolling through a lot right now. There's a game called Kansai the Second Turn HD coming out on January 14. That looks like a... Kansai the Second Turn HD. That comes out on January 14. Uh, I think that's like a noirish visual novel thing. It's like, um, it's not fan service for Alan's sake. Uh, It's... It's uh, it seems like a pretty decent looking game if you check out the visuals of that one. It's obviously an indie visual novel, but it does look quite interesting. Here's one that I'm looking forward to a great deal. Shadow Man Remastered comes out on January 17. Now that's really been out on PC for a year or whatever, but uh, I really liked Shadow Man back on the N64. I liked it a great deal. So I'm looking forward to the remaster just as an excuse really to replay sorry. it. Yeah. Is that the one with Vin Diesel? Oh, it looks like Vin Diesel, yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's not. That's actually the character. It's just, well, yeah, I don't know which one came first, but yeah. The, it, the chicken or the Vin Diesel, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, certainly, they, certainly share a, they certainly share a likeness. Uh, but yeah, it's really cool. It's about this guy that's, um, it's all based in South USA, like Louisiana and whatever. You play as a guy that's all into the, the voodoo. He kind of moves between the living and the dead world. He's got to kill serial killers in the real world. And then banish them from the asylum or something in the dead world. I can't remember exactly how the plot works, but it is neat that you got to go between the two different places, and it's got a good horror vibe to it. It was a really enjoyable game on the N sixty four, and yeah, like I said, looking forward to playing it again. This is an excuse to do so. On January eighteen, we've got Labyrinth Legend, which is an action RPG with hack and slash elements. I guess that would make sense. If you're going to be an action RPG, you probably do have hack and slash elements. Uh, it's but not a David Bowie game. <laughs> yeah. He's going to like wave his giant <laughs> cock in your face. <laughs> Which did not happen in the movie. Oh, I totally well, did. Well, <laughs> My man was wearing pants tighter than freaking like, you know, like glad wrap, you know? He was well, loving it. The one scene, like, uh, he, he played with a lot of balls in that movie. Yeah. He, oh, he does play balls. with a lot of balls. <laughs> Star Wars, if you will. Star Wars. Oh, yeah. He's waiting in the wing. <laughs> <laughs> um, on January 19, there's a game called Vivid Night comes out, which is a roguelike adventure game. Quite a few of those coming out at the moment. It looks like 2022 is a continuation of 2021 in terms of what games we get. Guild of Ascension comes out on Switch on 20- January 19. Tactical action RPG with roguelike elements. God, there's a lot of them. More of them. And more of them scrolling through. Um, RPG Golf Legends comes out on January 20. That looks fun. I'm pretty sure that's like a 
ripoff of the other golf RPG that launched on the Switch. But golf yeah. story? Yeah, yeah, golf story. Yeah, it's probably a ripoff of golf story, but to be honest, I'm down for that. I like golf story a lot. We need sports story to come up already. I know they need to hurry up and release it for lazy bastards. Uh, when January is two comes out on Switch on January twenty, but that's the same one we were talking about before. Uh, there's a game called Go Minimal comes out on January twenty one, which doesn't sound particularly exciting. But we don't have a Go game on the Switch really, and I like Go. It's a good game. I thought oh, you were talking the... about like you're gonna go minimal, and it's like you have to just like learn how to draw minimal. <laughs> <laughs> or don't draw at all. Just leave it. Yeah, there. just like I, just stand there. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was part like of the that. Go series of um, Arc System Works where they make, where they play sports like Go Tennis. And, like, oh, right. No, no. This is actual. So Go Minimal is just like Go Nothing. Yeah, he's just like sit in a room and stare at the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of kids in the void. <laughs> just isolation simulation. Can I just say I play that game too? I think that would be great. <laughs> what, staring at the ceiling game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Man, I'd I'm going to blow your I, mind. I'd, I'd give it five out of five. Yeah, you, blow your mind. you can do that right now, not even in VR. Just like scare <laughs> the ceiling. <laughs> Moving on. Reverie Knights Tactics comes out on January 25 on Switch as well. Um, on January 25, we get a new point and clicker called Angelo and Demon. One hell of a quest. I think that's going to be a funny one, right? That's going to be a humor one. Um. We also get Kojin, Sword of Rewind on Switch that comes out on January 27 there as well. And... There's one game that you're missing out and I'm getting very annoyed. I'm getting like there, I'm getting there. Oh, here's an interesting one. I didn't, even, I didn't even know this was coming, but I'm interested in this. Boulder Dash Ultimate Collection comes out on January 28. I like Boulder Wait, Dash. Wait, Boulder Dash is in like the, the party game that you play with like... No, 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 not that one. That's awesome. That would be great. No, Boulder Dash is in the really oh. old retro game where you got to move blocks around and not get crushed by a wall. Is that like the Crazy Castle games? I have never played a crazy, crazy Castle game, actually. That surprises me. It seems like your kind of thing. It has Bugs Bunny in it. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I never never played those, but yeah, check out Boulder I think Dash. In the it's, Europe- it's a it's a 30-year-old game and this ultimate collection's been released to celebrate the 30th anniversary. So there we go. I respect that. Uh, and then on January 28, there's a little game called Pokemon Legends Arceus coming out. Is it Arceus or Arceus? I've heard Arceus. I, isn't it I like Arceus because it sounds like arse. <laughs> that makes me smirk. Wouldn't it be Arceus? Arceus? It's probably like- Arceus or Someone find it, the kanji, <laughs> not the kanji, the, the hiragana. Zeus. So <laughs> it's it's Greek, isn't it? Like that's what is. Arceus. Yeah, it's meant to be like a play on Zeus. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure it's Arceus. Yeah. It sounds like Axios. It's the it's the political journalism company. That game <laughs> looks really good. Anyway, I'm looking I'm excited. There's Piplup. Any game that has it has Piplup. feel. Any game that has Piplup is a ten out of ten game. You can look forward no, so to. You know the- you can look forward to me getting a big wave of hate on digitallydownloaded.net because I'll like this game and I'll dare to like a Pokemon game, which nothing nothing pisses off Pokemon fans more than people liking Pokemon games. Yeah, they just like post a photo of a single tree at you and be like, how can you like this? How can you like this <laughs> one tree? It has yeah. pixels. Yeah, that is pretty true though. It's so true, dude. <laughs> like my favorite part about that game so far is that they've gone hard in on advertising just for me by showing Sphere in every single trailer. 
it's, yeah, it's I like orby pokemon they have like yeah i love it as well. yeah you got all boys got all the you have to ponder pokemon. them did you see i don't know <laughs> if you've seen it there's i think it was only a couple of days old now but uh they've started a series where piplup goes to the gym it's what? an advertising yeah it's like an advertising promotional thing they've actually tied it in one of the big chains the big gym chains as in actual gym not pokemon gym exercise gym uh, one of the big chains. <laughs> one of the big gyms in the uh, chains in Japan has teamed up with Pokemon, and it's like Piplup does exercises and stuff. Like I know it's probably like and it's awesome. aerobics it's... and treadmills and stuff, but I can't. I, I'm just imagining Piplup just on the bench. Oh, he bench presses like crazy. That dude. Piplup's the kind of guy who goes into the into the gym, groans really loudly for no reason, and then doesn't wipe down <laughs> the machine. He when drops the weight on the floor, breaks it, and screams. No, he's, yeah, he's, doesn't he's, like he doesn't like put the weights <laughs> back on the tray either. No, he's he's, he's I mean, the guy that pretty he's the he's the guy that takes like a, a thirty hour gym session just to pick the Spotify track list he wants to use. Like he's just walking while around. taking like selfies, being like yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, and then and then he walks out <laughs> going and then he walks out immediately after going yeah, that was a good gym session. Session, yeah. And then does like an IG live session where he's like, you know, <laughs> I was working on my legs today, but. <laughs> You know, sometimes you just got to think about yourself. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go beat up a child. I'm going to beat up a child with their bugs in a forest and it's going to be sick. Keep an eye out of me, everyone. I love, I love Chad Piplup. Chad Piplup. Chad Lup. Chad Lup. And then the last one. Crush, <laughs> he's going to crush all of you and steal your girlfriends <laughs> and become your stepdad. <laughs> He's gonna fuck your mom and your dad at the same time. <laughs> moving, moving on, the last thing we mentioned on this list: record, record, record of Lodos Wars, deadlit in Wonder Labyrinth. I don't know. I think that's like a, a strategy, a uh, uh, platformer, isn't it? 2D action game. So there you go. <laughs> Meanwhile, Harvard and Alan are. Silence. <laughs> Chadlop goes into a bar and just starts hitting on everyone and try to like sell his supplements. <laughs> He's got X attack, bro. It'll make you swole, bro. Just do it, dude. Put it, put, put it on mute and put it Harvard on mute for a second. Right now, uh, I mean, what? Yeah, I, I put them on mute, and I, I'll unmute them in a second. I'm just gonna finish I, my little list. I, I was just pretending that I was laughing to like <laughs> fill up the void to um, make you be like mad. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Rec- record of Lodos War, deed lit in Wonder Labyrinth, which is like an action game. I had to get that out because that was the end of my list, and it was driving me crazy that I hadn't finished it. January twenty-eighth. Now I'll unmute them. There we go. Unmute. But- Everyone knows okay. you can ask everyone what games they want, and everyone's going to say Pokemon, and everyone is just going to like go around the circle again and start talking about Chadlap. That's all right. All right, Alan. I think I'm. It is Pokemon. I'm not <laughs> yeah. going to talk about Chadlap. I'm not going to do it. So, nor Pokemon. am I going to talk about Sigma Spiel. <laughs> is is the other one a beta? Yeah. Whatever the other. No, the, the real other beta is like the is the. What's the frog one with the tongue? Are you heading on the frog? Oh, um, Gre- Greninja. Yeah, Greninja. That, that's a beta if I've ever seen one. Which is like the, the baby one's like the one with the cloudy beard. Oh, that I, sucks. That was a good... All the first stages are good, and then they get progressively worse. 
This yeah. far fetched, didn't he? Is that far fetched? Yeah, probably. We know. He should be. Yeah. Should be a Psyduck as well. We have far old fetched. timey um, Growlithe. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like Growlithe. It's great. It's a good design. Yeah. I, I like all the old, the, the new regional forms that they have this time. They have all the old ones, but in new, funny, old timey designs. Great. I don't Ooh. think that there is a far fetched. I'm really sorry. <gasps> Well, I'm not buying it then. One out of five. I just want a regional Politoed. Is it that hard to ask? I think Apparently. you're the only person who has mentioned Politoed in the last 15 years. Politoed is like my favorite Pokemon. Why do they hate me? <laughs> I literally just remembered it existed. I forgot, and I wanted to keep it that way, personally. <laughs> so, so you had the blue ones, and then you used the Rockstone, and then you get Politoed, and he's weaker than the... <laughs> <laughs> he's weaker than the giant Chad blue one, but he's like, you know, cool and slick and green. That's Wait, the one so <laughs> the good thing are about you telling Polyrath me that there is, is a, like a yeah. tadpole that'll beat you up, right? And then to get Politoed, you have to be like, no, I don't want the Chad tadpole that'll beat me up. I want him to be the a tadpole. That's just a regular. <laughs> oh, he's best friends. He spots. He's sponsored for Chad Lup. <laughs> like, oh, hell yeah, bro. And he could do the same thing with Slow Bro. Like, you get Slow King by using the rock thing. Like, oh, too true, King. king. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, I love that they're all in, like, the Manosphere as well. They all, like, watch Joe Rogan and, like, start taking horse medication <laughs> because they're Pokemon. It's okay. So it's fine. <laughs> Moving on, Harvard, <laughs> Harvard, what's your game of the month? What are you looking forward to the most? I'm probably going to, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, I'm going to play Battle Spirits Connected Battler. Yeah, cards. I'm disgusted. It still doesn't want to say Pokemon. Cards. It will also play that, but yeah. yeah. I mean, everyone's going to play Pokemon, right? That's just. Well, this is my first Pokemon game since Emerald, so like. Oh. Wait, what? Yeah. Have you not played the best ones, black and white? And because then I, the second best edgy ones, teenager. Ones. I was an edgy teenager. I was exactly <sighs> the same. I was like, I'm too old for this. I'm an adult. I play adult games now. Like Kingdom yeah, Hearts. I, yeah, like Kingdom Hearts and <laughs> other great adult games. <laughs> I'm sighing. <laughs> in my sigh. Yeah. What about you, Trent? What about you? I'm just going to play Pokemon. But I'm also catching up on other games, which I've got like Blue Reflection too. I'm gonna have to play that. I'm like, ah, uh, you got to do the ten minutes the in. Twenty twenty one catch up, huh? Yeah, twenty twenty two games in twenty twenty one. That's what I'm doing right now. I respect that. Ooh. As Matt, for what me, are you gonna, what are you gonna play, Matt? Yeah, I'm looking forward to Reverie. Looking forward to Reverie, great deal. That's the Reverie Knights Tactics. That's um, one of twenty tactics games coming up this month. No, that's roguelike. It's not a roguelike. There's only time, one. So there's only fine. one tactics game. This yeah. one's yeah. This one. This one's true tactics. This is Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced style tactics. So, I'm cool with that. I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I do really like that genre. So we don't get enough of them. I'll play it. We haven't tried it. That'll be fun. But also Pokemon. Yeah, I mean everyone's gonna be like, yeah, it's Pokemon time. Chad, Chad Lop. Yeah. Well, on that note, let's go with some music from Pokemon. Oh, it's got to be the horror, the, the horror team theme. It's got to be Violet the Town. Beep, 
Yeah. Oh no, just yeah. play, play a gym theme. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Violet, Violet. Oh no, we, we have to do a gym theme for Chad Lop and, oh, okay, and fine. Polly and Polly Chad. <laughs> he's Polly. He's he's actually like pretty like progressive now. He's grown up a lot since since like the mid two thousands when he was like proper like on the pipeline to right wing. Like good on him. He's grown. Welcome back. All right, so there's been a couple of things that have come out recently within the emulation console sort of specialty product, I guess, part of the world. Um, and they're all actually quite cool to the point where I almost spent, I think it's like 250 pounds on a analog pocket. Um, and I, I was dangerously close because the reviews were all saying it was amazing. And I got the urge to just, you know, play a bunch of, probably not very good Game Boy Advance games, and then also like Metroid Fusion. So Matt has very luckily not managed to get an analog pocket, I believe, but has instead gotten something that might be better. I don't know about that. Okay. I mean, the thing, the thing is that the analog pocket isn't an emulation console as such. It's, um, it, it plays the actual Game Boy cartridges and whatever, and you can get the adapters to play the GBA games and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's kind of a, a legitimate console as such. And when people talk about oh. emulation consoles, they generally mean the, the stuff that comes out of China that kind of plays ROMs rather than the original games. So, yeah. But there is interesting stuff happening there as well. I didn't get an analog pocket. I have tried both times and every single time because they're incompetent when it comes to ordering stuff. Um, I do love that I go to Twitter. Time. 
Yeah. Every and six I'm, months I'm ago, having a meltdown. screaming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having an absolute meltdown because I wanted this bloody thing. It was going to be like my birthday present to myself in the middle of goddamn COVID and the fuckers couldn't have enough uh, units that I could buy one. Anyway, um, I make up for that by buying these emulation consoles. I've got like 30 of them now. <laughs> Plus the analog is like... 400 something dollars in australia so it's like it is expensive ooh. and the em- emulation consoles are much cheaper but they're not bad quality the thing is they used to be but over the last year or two the last couple of years there's been some competition in that space so there's actually a couple of companies that now make them um there's one called Ambernic, then there's pow kitty and then there's a couple of other ones as well and because there's a bit of competition there they're now actually like competing with one another to create some really interesting consoles uh and they they range from like really tiny things that fit fit in your pockets uh through to stuff that has like a metal casing which feels really nice and premium um there's also clamshells like ds style ones and uh yeah the the thing that's kind of interesting is as of this year they've kind of hit the point where they're powerful enough now to play Dreamcast seamless, uh, like uh, without any issues, um, as well as PSP, PlayStation 1, N64. So they're up to that kind of level that they can run all those games. And then you stick a 250 gigabyte SD card into the machine and you basically have every game that was released prior to 2000 accessible to you now. So yeah, they're pretty good That does seem amazing. That's literally like a dream that I had as like a like an eight-year-old in 2004 yeah like oh what if i could play like smash 64 in my game boy whoa like literally like yeah i was actually like really into dude with my car i was trained to become chad love look i had dreams okay so yeah that's uh, and just uh, as of right at the end of last year there was a beta that got released well, not really for public, but if you knew where you'd go, you'd be able to get onto it. A beta for a PlayStation 2 emulator on Android. And because most of these devices run on Android, you now can have a PS2 emulator on there. Most of the games don't work just yet, but I would suggest that probably by the end of the year, um, you'll be able to play your PS2 games on these things. So that's really, really neat. And uh, yeah. Can I ask, uh, do you find that it's more difficult to play or finish games now that so much is available to you on these consoles? Yeah, that's see, that's one thing I'm concerned about. That is absolutely true. And especially now that I've kind of split them across a whole bunch of different consoles. So I was like, I'll play my Game Boy games on this console. I'll play my N64 games on this console. I'll play PSP on this console. I thought I was going to just dedicate all these different consoles to, to various <laughs> um the old types of games but yeah because of that now I, I definitely do have that uh indecision about what i'm actually going to play and as a result i don't really play anything <laughs> yeah um, it's a choice paralysis right it's like what do you yeah, want cho- the, the, the choice paralysis has hit me hard because i mean amongst other things i'm also like well maybe i'll want to stream this game so i'll save it for when i do a stream session uh maybe i want to do a video on this game so i'll save it when i can record it because all these consoles can also connect to your tv via hdmi and whatever therefore you can play them like a home console as well so i've been yeah i've been putting off playing a bunch of games because of that uh and then there's been that 
indecision about whether I want to play games that I didn't really play beforehand uh, or replay old ones. About the only game that I've actually played on much of on any of these things is, is Fire Emblem, which I keep playing, replaying over and over again on every single console that I get because it's just Fire Emblem that is that good. Uh, and it's one of my favorite games of all time. But yeah, there is that. And that is certainly something that I've had a bunch of people say, because obviously I've written quite a few articles about these things over the last year or two. And there are people that are like, oh, I, I, I shouldn't buy one of these because I'll never figure out what I actually want to play on them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one one thing that I've appreciated about the Nintendo Switch Online. I know that doesn't make Adam, uh, Alan super mad, but when they released no, like, one just game, just be wrong. Month, it's fine. You're welcome to be wrong. It's cool. <laughs> I played a bunch of Paper Mario because that was the only game that released that month, and I really loved it. It's a really good game. But when the first N64 games came out, I played like one level of Sin and Punishment and one level of Back and one level of Mario 64, and I was like, "This is too much. Stop." Yeah, yeah those I... games are bad. They're not fun anymore. <laughs> Alan, you play just, a real game. Alan, you're just uh, you're just sad. Yeah. Wait, what's a real game? What, what's what's Alan wanting us to play instead of like a real game? Super Auto Pets. Super Auto Pets. Oh, that actually does sound fun though. It's really good. I've been addicted to it. But anyway, it's not emulation. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, you could probably emulate it in like a probably twenty years time. Like, you can play it in a browser. To be honest with you. I feel like we're moving towards the point where these consoles are getting less and less necessary though, because I yeah. think preservation is is better and there's not much need for like a PS3 emulator because there's only a handful of games that you still can't get anywhere else. Tokyo yeah. Jungle, it's Tokyo. screaming. Tokyo Jungle, the Jungle Lollipop Chainsaw. I will really yeah, want to play it again. No, that's never coming out. Well, they can't because, because it's got all these licensed music in it. So they can't. Shadows of the Damned as well, Stuck in Hell. Literally, yeah, because that's because EA, EA's a bunch of no. Didn't we work out monkeys. Shadows of a Damned? You can play on your Xbox, but Lollipop Chains for you couldn't. Yes, no, you, you, you can't can... play. No, no, you, you can't. Can, you, you can't play Shadows of the Damned on your Xbox thanks to backwards compatibility and stuff. Lollipop Chains are screwed. So there is that, and I think that's where these consoles will still have value into the future. That you can play stuff that, for whatever reason, will never get a re-release anywhere else, and that's really what I use them for. Um, so for a good example, I never thought we were going to get the GBA Castlevania games back because I thought that Konami is Konami now and and Konami be Konami means that they're not going to, to touch their old games and re-release them and whatever. So I'd actually played a couple of the um, GBA Castlevania games on these devices, but then they went and released the collection last year, which of course I immediately bought and that's the way I play those. Same with the Saga collection, the, the Game Boy or the Final Fantasy Legends collection or whatever. Um, I played those on my emulation consoles until Square Enix released them on a collection for Switch. So I, I think the value of these consoles is that they do give you access to games that would, you'd never be able to play again otherwise. And that is, that is a good thing. I mean, one of the things that I have been playing a bit of on one of these devices is World Cup, Road to the World Cup 98 the FIFA game. Oh, um, hell yeah. <laughs> I really love, I really love that one. Like that one, my brothers and I played a lot of on the N64 and playing it again on one of these devices has been a, a good hit of nostalgia. So that obviously is never going to get a re-release anywhere uh, on anything ever again. So again, that's a, that's a good thing that these consoles do. 
Do they also support translation patches? Uh, yes, so I have got it. I haven't started to play it yet, but there was a Sailor Moon RPG, turn-based uh, RPG released on the Super Nintendo in Japan only. And it's pretty well known as being a very good game. And as a fan of Sailor Moon and as a fan of JRPGs, I wanted to give it a go. So I've gone and got the patch for that and that's good to go. The other thing is these consoles can also play any new Game Boy games or whatever that are de developed because over on Itch, there is a thing where a lot of people develop games deliberately using older technology and limitations and release them as ROMs. So you'll need an emulator to play them. Obviously, these consoles have them. So I've got a, about a dozen or so Game Boy games that were released on Itch on these things as well. So it is a, it is a fascinating space. Um, and the other cool. I do the, like that idea of for whatever reason, releasing a game for the Game Boy, just because you can. Well, there are heaps on yeah. each, because there was a thing, um, a, a company, well, not really, I don't know if it's a major company or it was just a person work, working out of their, their bedroom uh, on in, in their evenings, but they created Game Boy Studio, which is a game maker tool that specifically makes just Game Boy games. It's limited to those. Anything it exports can be played on the Game Boy, but obviously you're limited in terms of what you can do with it. Anyway, a whole bunch of people have been using that to create Game Boy, new Game Boy games. And on Itch, there's dozens of them now. It's great. It's a thriving ecosystem of retro gaming. Um, and yeah, once again, you can play all of these on your, your emulation consoles. The other thing that is probably worth mentioning is that it is actually very easy to get into it now. Like when I started even two years ago collecting these things, you needed to be pretty tech savvy to get the things set up so they'd work properly. Um, being Chinese in origin, the instructions that came with these devices were less than adequate. Uh, and even if they were translated, they were machine translated instructions, which you, you just, you, you would have to go onto Reddit and spend hours trying to get these things set up. Uh, but now with the one that I got recently, uh, the Retroid Pocket 2 Plus, when you turn it on the first time, it says, would you like us to set everything up for you? You press yes. And then, yeah, it's very much plug and play. So that's a, that's another good thing. It's very easy to get into these now, even if you're not particularly techie. Yeah. I, it's amazing to me. Cause like, I think about to my emulation period, which was again, around 2004 to about 2009 where I just had to go to the sketchiest websites of all time and download <laughs> like a ROM of Inspector Gadget Advance Edition on the Game Boy Advance to play on my Visual Boy, whatever the heck it was called. And like, oh, it, it seems so much more reasonable and like approachable now, which is kind of great because it means that like, I'm not going to get gouged, you know, 40 pounds for a, a game that's like 10 years old and that doesn't run as well on the new console as it did in the old console. So, I feel like you went to all the wrong sites. No, I went to the right side. No, they were all very dodgy. They were all very dodgy. Can we go back to Emu Paradise? It was Emu Paradise. Uh, Emu Paradise, I did like that. It was Emu also um, <laughs> that, one, that one that looked like it was a porn site, but it wasn't. That was all of them. And I, I act, <laughs> no, but I remember telling my mom that I was walking at porn instead of clicking on an emulator site. <laughs> because <laughs> i was like it's way more embarrassing to be downloading things that are like on this sketchy website 
Uh, these days, the internet—that's a, a real story. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I want to clarify. Look at that horn, but you can't use the downloads up. <laughs> no, because at least like she was disappointed, but I think she was like less angry. <laughs> I was like thirteen. <sighs> what are you thinking, you chadlup? You're like, yeah, I'm looking at porn. What of it? Yeah, I'm, I wasn't chadlup at that point. Yeah, it's but a mere poly well. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like this. I like this concept though. I think it's good because fucking publishers aren't going to do shit about it. So, well, exactly. Um, and there is obviously the the legal issues and stuff, and the moral issues and all of that. And as somebody who fundamentally believes that artists should get paid for their work, as I have argued to my great detriment many times over. Um, I, I do believe that you know we we shouldn't be emulating stuff that is current on the market and whatever. I was right, real pissed off when Metroid Dread was um, hacked and released as a ROM like days after it got released. Yeah, that's uh, bullshit. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of any of that. Uh, and like I said, I do go out of my way to kind of if there is a legitimate copy of something available and I'm interested in playing it, then I will access that rather than than use the emulator but there's just so much stuff out there is just not going to get a release anyway any other way and i believe that it's important that we preserve these things as i've also argued many times over to my great detriment um so yeah well, the, the thing the, to sort of continue on your point about artists being paid those re-releases the original artists are not getting paid that's the company that's getting paid I was going to ask the exact thing, like if if uh, Konami drops the GBA games onto all the modern consoles, does anyone who worked on those original games get any benefit from that? It's Probably not, like, not but I guess right? the, the more broad point is that the publishing system allowed those games to happen in the first place. Um, and especially back when the GBA and whatever was around and you had to deal with retailers and logistics and stock and all those kinds of things. Without the publisher system, the games just wouldn't get made at all. So I don't begrudge the publishers getting, you know, still making money from, from their investments. That's, uh, that is the... the Matt less... loves negative gearing. Confirmed. <laughs> no, no, that's he just... He loves the, the housing market. That's, <laughs> that's just the reality, like, uh, that, you know, yeah. Yeah, I get you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not the most, I mean, I... I I'm a very socialist person and all that kind of stuff, but it's <laughs> not the, like that is the biggest lie I've ever heard. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not like I, uh, I. I love these companies, but I do believe that there is value in having IP rights, basically, uh, and, and having intellectual property and all those kinds of things. That does benefit artists as well. So that system. I, I just don't have an issue with that system in general existing. I have issues with the way it's, it's kind of, you know, um, some, some of the stuff that happens on the edges and stuff. But yeah, I'm okay with Konami <laughs> making money from the GBA Castlevania games. And I, I, I do still believe that if you want to play those, you should probably buy uh, the one that was released last year. But something like Snow Brothers, <laughs> which is a game that I love a great deal, uh, that's never getting re-released. The company's gone. Nobody's around to pick it up. Um, nobody's going to 
to buy into it, I don't think. So until they do, until somebody does, perhaps Hamster will with their Arcade archives at some point. But until that happens, then just pirate away because it's a victimless crime as such. See, the real goal for the whole emulation process, in my opinion, right, is not video games as such. It's to emulate the feeling of being in a primary school computer lab in 2001, turning it on, like a computer on, having Zoom beanies and kid pics. And that's that's what I really want from emulation. I want to go back to the feeling of being like, this sucks, but hell yeah. <laughs> Do not have Macs as well. Like Zoom we had the Mac. We had like, like one Mac. Oh yeah, we, the we had um, what was it? Nanosaur and Marble Blast 3D. Good times. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, there was. I, I had where in the where in the game. where in the world was Carmen Sandiego? Oh, that is badass though. Did you ever play <laughs> Doctor Brain, the Castle of Doctor Brain? No. Oh, I saw you play the stream once. That was yeah. <laughs> I got abused by my chat because I was dumb. It was very hurtful. It was really hard. It's How genuinely it like it's harder than what I teach. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> Sitting there getting bamboozled when... by a game meant for 10 year olds. It's because when people were making educational games, they didn't have a concept of how smart a kid would be. So they were just like, let's put in some difficult. Yeah, let's like, let's incorporate some like function based puzzles. Let's like create an entire thing around coding and Minesweeper at the same time because frick you. Also, <laughs> there is an educational game that I also want to be emulated. It was called Operation Neptune. And it's the reason that I'm afraid of jellyfish. It's very no, 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 the one. The one I want to see is somebody should get that, um, that castle game out of Encarta. Remember Encarta, the encyclopedia? Oh, yeah. Wow. And in That's that, there was, and in that there was a, a, an adventure game where you needed to solve questions microsoft and carter yeah 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 in carter there was a game in there i can't remember what the hell it's called now so i'm gonna have to search it up. it's called in carter yeah no that's the name of the encyclopedia speaking of all things oh, mind BBC maze website. mind maze mind maze there you go that was a <laughs> masterpiece of a game that was I want to point out, I looked up Operation Neptune and it came up with the Normandy landings. That's not why I'm afraid of jellyfish. I want to, I want to clarify. <laughs> yeah, emulation fucking rocks. Hell yeah, dude. I can't wait oh. to play like the worst games of my childhood again and be sad as an adult when I realized that I had terrible taste. I mean, the other, the other thing we, sh- we well. should also mention just quickly is that uh, even if, if you don't want to get into the whole Chinese emulation thing, I don't know why, maybe you're racist or something, I don't know. But wow. if you, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. If you don't, uh. if, you, if you don't want to get into that, then um, the Steam Deck comes out this year and that is going to have RetroArc on it pretty much immediately. RetroArc being the platform, I guess you could call it, which has all the emulators linked to it it's um it's a pretty neat system and i'm sure the uh the steam deck will be more more than up to playstation 2 games and stuff as well so yeah if you if you're going to buy a steam deck then you could get into the emulation stuff quite easily as well that way yeah well let's let's pick some music what music should we pick matt i reckon oh you know what Let's go. This is completely random. Has nothing to do with what we, we just talked about. But let's Wonderful. go with Chaos Legion music. Yeah, that is a hard. What? So you 
Can't be a little bit diffed. That is a hard game to get your hands on. So it's a good well, that's that's a good game that um, once you can do PlayStation Two emulation, you should definitely get into because that was like Devil May Cry, but better as far as I'm concerned. Oh, no, did you ever play the Van Helsing game that was just Devil May Cry, but it was starring Hugh Ackman? Yeah, I did that. Huge I played that Ackman. one. That yeah. was that was a movie tying game. Surprisingly good. There was a time yeah. when movie tying games were not so bad, like as premium things. They, it, it, it was like weird because, like, <laughs> because movie license tie-in stuff was terrible for a long time. And then for a very short window, it was pretty decent. And then it went and terrible again because it went, it went mobile after that. And yeah. they, they all went terrible again. But there was a tiny window where there was stuff like EA's Lord of the Rings games and the Van Helsing oh, game. And they there will was some never release. What was the one that was Final Fantasy X? Yeah, yeah, the third age. That's great. I've been playing Oh, third age. It's just, that'll it's never great. be released. It's great. <laughs> it's such a good game. Well, they can't. They don't have the license for it anymore. So, yeah. They cannot. Well, they it's cannot 007. Do that uh, Goldeneye is meant to be coming back. Apparently, it's in yeah. like, because it's like a weird limbo stage right now between Axes or some other weird thing, which was like the reason why they didn't allow it last time. Um, they're like, you know what? You can have it. And like, it's meant to be on like the achievement list or something like that it's got all yeah that's that's an interesting one that was Mm. that was a really i mean the the money involved must have just been huge but they would make the money back so it's one of those rare ones that was worth the effort but yeah i I believe everything being i believe activision owns the bond license no they don't do that no they lost it they lost it it's um io interactive no one owns it well, how's IO? Yeah, yeah, actually, making a bond IO's game. making games, but I don't think they own it. I think they're like... I, you know, they've been contracted. Yeah, yeah that got makes you. sense. Yeah. That's a great idea, by the way. Anyway, Chaos Legion.
and welcome back. So, Matt has been talking a lot in the old work Slack about a particular thing that he's been playing a lot recently, and it's a digital board game. And I, I'm the sort of person who sees a board game and instantly falls asleep. However, so you get I bored, been... Helen. <laughs> you stole my pun. <laughs> They're off the emperor's groove. <laughs> I'm sorry. Off the emperor's groove. Anyway, no, but yeah, I don't find them particularly engaging, but there are certain digital versions of board games. That I'm just like, oh, hell yeah, dude. That's the, that's the stuff. You like Mario so, Party? Yeah. That's like it's the only way I will game. ever play Monopoly because it is just Monopoly, but not shit. Um, roll dice and someone wins after 40 minutes. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm there for. I'm not there for like doing maths. It can't count. I can barely speak. What do you think this is? Some sort of like learned thing? No, get out of my zone. Yeah. You don't as need if to. You're do someone who played Operation Neptune as a kid. You don't need yeah. to do. You don't. Need you saw me do... play Doctor Brain. <laughs> you don't need to do maths with uh, Monopoly anymore because they have like an you electronic. Don't? No, they have an, e... an F plus machine. It's like the only part of Monopoly that's actually like stimulating, though. <laughs> I was gonna say that. Yeah, the, the only good thing about Monopoly is holding the money. And, and I give. Like, I, I kid. I kid you not. Mod, modern Monopoly doesn't have cash. You actually have cards, and <laughs> you swiping cards. And Didn't they really have that in a few versions. Like they've gone back to the cash again. Like that was like their it thing for like we're appealing to boomers, not boomers. Uh, Gen well, Z, you, whatever generation we're up to. I'm too old now. All the all the kind of the licensed monopoly boards are all the original monopoly so you can get the wollongong monopoly and i was gonna uh, say my wollongong monopoly so great and, and enjoy the the cash experience but yeah um i i'm just waiting for like nft edition monopoly because that's coming i i expect that to happen i'm really sorry this is like now a simpsons podcast for some reason it's like the third <laughs> time i brought it up but my favorite joke from the Simpsons is them bringing out like different board games and it's like different editions of Monopoly. And it's like, <laughs> we got regular Monopoly, Edna Krabapoli, Gallipolopoly. <laughs> and, and that has been stuck in my head since I was, I want to say like seven as being one of the funniest lines of all time. And oh, Monopoly fucking sucks. <laughs> you know what I love? The game of Still Monopoly. not enough. <laughs> So, so I've got like the Overwatch Monopoly. It's like the Gamer Edition. I've got the two Mario Kart Gamer Editions. There was a Sonic one, which I never ended up getting, but I really wanted that. And I've got the Animal Crossing one, but it's not branded as Gamer. But I'm really into those ga- the Gamer ones. They're so great. I've got the, I've got the Pac-Man Monopoly, and you've actually got to play Pac-Man to get your two hundred dollars when you go past go. That's really cool. Pac-Man. Yeah, what? it's actually really cool. <laughs> it's really neat. There's a little arcade machine in there, and when you go past go, you've got to play Pac-Man to get your two hundred bucks. It's great. That's so cool. That's yeah, it's neat. That's All like genuinely. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll still be sad, but I'll do it. <laughs> anyway, I'll be like I would rather be playing Pac-Man, but sure, yeah. let's go around the See, board. The thing <laughs> is, is that you've not really bribed me to play Monopoly. You've asked me to play Pac-Man, which I will do, and then suffer through an hour of Monopoly. <laughs> anyway, let's talk anyway, about digital about board games. Oink games. Oink games. Oink games. Oink games. Oink games. Oink games. So Oink Games came out just before Christmas, so we didn't get a chance to review it on DBNet and stuff. I've done a quick little mini review last week. But uh, yeah, Oink Games is a collection of four board games that have been digital. I believe they're, they are actual physical board games, aren't they? Like you can actually buy they are, them. They are. Yeah, yeah. So the good thing about Oink Games is that the boxes are tiny, so you can just yeah. bring them around with you wherever. Yeah, but yeah. So it's, now they're it's, digital, and so they've done that. 
yeah, they're very easy to play, play very kind of minimalist in, in terms of, you know, the number of pieces and stuff. You're not going to have to cut around a, a 20 kilo box with a billion pieces in there just to play a game. It's just something you can slip in your bag and take wherever you are. And then the digital edition makes it even easier. But yeah, they're, they're really good. Um, there are four in there in the pack in, in the game, in, excuse me, the digital edition of those four. There's one where you need to like, draw a painting together and then guess somebody's trying to to fuck the painting up and then you've got to guess who this person is that's messing yeah, it up it's, it's like drawing mafia basically yeah, jokes yeah. on you i can't draw anyway so I'll do it <laughs> that's why it's good it's that's why it's someone great. in the group is just awful at drawing and they need to convince everybody else that like oh i'm just bad at drawing i'm not yeah. trying to ruin this painting intentionally yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a game of sheer psychology it's like pictionary but nasty um yeah it's like bad pictionary there's another one which is like a cooperative one. I haven't played it yet, but it could be interesting. It's good. It's, it's uh, actually. It's called. I can't remember what it's called, but it, moon, it's, moon adventure or moon escape yeah. or something. So basically, you and your mates trapped on the moon, and you need to roll dice to find enough resources to get off. I described it terribly, but it's a good game. Yeah, it's basically like there's this corporate training game that I played back when I was in offices and living a very boring life, and. Yeah, there's this game they do to test your ability to work in a team and your ability to, ability to prioritize um, resources and stuff. Anyway, you, you're basically stranded on the moon and there's like 20 different items that you can take and you've got to figure out which ones are, are the ones that give you the oh, best no, chance of survival. That's not what that is. But no, it's, it's, a, it's, it's an adaption of that kind of idea though. Not really. It's more of just like a, like a dice rolling game. It's a lot like the submarine game which is where you try to get as far as you can and get as many resources as you can and get back before you all die. Uh, but you're working together as a team, so you can share your roles and share your abilities. And the first time I played, I just rolled Snake Eyes the entire time. My friends had to come save me. It was great. Right. Okay. Well, I stand corrected. Um, yeah, the, the submarine one is the third one in the pack. It's, uh, it's not a cooperative game. It's definitely competitive. Uh, you've basically... It, it's basically Octopus, the game and watch game, but... It, in it board really game is, form. Yeah. and it's great you, you you've got it it's a it's a risk reward thing so you start in a submarine uh, and everybody shares the same air tank for some reason and you've got to dive down to collect loot the deeper you dive the better the loot you get but if you run out of air then you're kind of dead so you've got to come back before you run out of air and then of course your opponents are also trying to grab loot and get back and stuff you up and whatever so there's some basic strategy involved it's a very simple game to play but it is it is nuanced and then the, the fourth one the one that i really really like is called startups and there are six different companies this is a card game there are six different companies and you need to basically trade your cards with your opponents to get the monopoly on as many of those companies as possible by the end of it it's a very simple game to play again but it's these games are all um quite easy to learn you can do it in five minutes but in terms of being able to master them that takes a lot longer and it really opens those games up for kind of a friendly competitive play they're not the world's most complex board games or whatever but yeah they're, they're really enjoyable and very easy to play and i really like them and the business one is weird. What? The business one by the companies. That's just weird. I was like trying to play it and I was like, what the hell am I doing? I'm like putting down cards and then someone else is taking them. But why do they put down coins? How come I can't put down coins? And did you try reading 
Did you try reading the instructions, Trent? No, I went straight into it and I thought that would be the best way to learn it because it's a card game. Surely it shouldn't be that complicated. See, the thing is, how Trent, many card is games have you played, Trent? If you think they're all easy, like, no, I laughed, <laughs> but also that. that's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but they have videos if your friend is like Alan, right? And they don't want to read the rules, they have a little video. Your friend is like Alan and a fuckhead. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the thing is like, I really appreciate digital board games because it takes away the real out, like the reality of it all. Like, I don't have to worry about like, oh, this piece of wood is not in the right part of the table. So therefore it's out of play. Therefore it doesn't matter. I don't give a shit yeah. about that. Just put it in the right spot and just make it work. I don't care. Yeah, um, that's the best I, thing about wind games is that it doesn't let you like make that. an illegal move. Whereas yeah. The board games themselves, it's very easy to just play it wrong. Yeah. And because then it's not fun and then I don't care. And that's that's the issue I have, I guess. Also, like, I appreciate this for another reason in that I always feel bad for that one guy in every friend group who is like, oh, yeah, yeah I'll bring the board game with me. And he brings, like, a box the size of the sun in his backpack and he's, like, walking around <laughs> his back's, like, breaking. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. it's never played that night, so he's just to carry it home at the end of the night and it's yeah. just, like... But he needs to convince misery. everybody else that the game is fun. And that's a yeah, really see, the thing is, he's do. never like the most socially skilled one in the group, so it's not <laughs> gonna happen. You have to ease, you have to ease it in, right? You have to start with something introductory, like point games, and then you go, "Oh, it's like that game we played before, but there's just a little bit more to it." And then eventually, you need to like neg your friends into wanting to play Gloomhaven. But it's what, a negative process. compliment them? Absolutely <laughs> yeah, nobody. Like... Nobody ever wants to play Gloomhaven because, amongst other things, <laughs> Gloomhaven takes about seven hours to set up. It's a yeah, it's it's, it's a mess. It's, it's a, it's if it takes like, longer for me to for you to set up the board game, that takes for me to go to the bathroom and take a whiz. That I'm not interested. <laughs> That's why I really, I, am, I really, I really appreciated Gloomhaven, the the digital edition that got released last year. Because yeah, that's a game I quite like in a lot of ways, except that setup, the management of the game, the fact that you're inevitably going to lose at least half the pieces by the end of one game and then never be able to play it again these things are all just yeah it's, it's the digital like edition makes thing. it all the, the digital edition makes it all a lot easier I, yeah i also have that eternal fear it's like when you get a nerf gun as a kid and you are afraid of shooting it because you'll lose the bullet that's how i feel with taking anything board game like anywhere because i just assume yeah, but with that, nerf oh, guns, you can buy all the bullets again they come in like 20 packs or whatever and then you yeah so it's like twice as more risky the pieces no, I refuse. It's very sad, and you should. That's cowardice. <laughs> I mean, the other thing is that digital board games do benefit from the fact that they have like animation and stuff, which it's for for me anyway. They need to strike a balance, I guess. If you're going to adapt a board game, you need to make sure that it kind of still resembles the original board game for people that enjoy that. But at the same time, you may as well take advantage of the uh, uh, the capabilities of the digital medium. A good example of that is Wingspan. So Wingspan That's the is bird one, right? Yeah, yeah, the bird one. I absolutely love yeah. this game. I love this game, both the physical game, I played the physical game with my family, and also the digital game, which I play quite a lot as well. And the thing I love about the digital game is when you bring a bird out onto the table, when you, you know, summon a card or whatever you want to call it, you get the bird's call, like, it, you know, the, the tweeting. Not the tweeting is in on Twitter. Uh, actual it's bird. going to call you a star on Twitter, yeah. <laughs> actual bird tweeting. So you actually hear the song, you know, the bird. The, and, and that's a really nice touch because this game is all about, in a lot of ways, it's about educating people about the various birds that are out there. So having that 
kind of um, aesthetic addition really enhances the game in a nice way. So yeah, that's I, I like to see developers work with that. But at the same time, the Wingspan digital board game doesn't go stupid with all that. It's still very much what you see when you play the board game. It's just enhanced slightly with a little bit of animation and the sound effects. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is what I've been sort of leading up towards. And I think that Jackbox is the best thing to come out of like digital board games in the last 10 years, just because it is the only one that you can talk to someone and drop like, oh yeah, we played like a Jackbox game. And they're like, oh my God, did you play this one? And it's just like a universal thing where people like sort of know about those games pretty commonly now. And yeah, because it good. is so approachable and they're so like basic, like it's just be funny, the game. And that's yeah, instantly it's, like approachable. Be funny, it's not good for friends, not funny. Uh, you I, can I make it funny. It's, it's, a bit like, but... it's a bit like Boulder Dash. Now that I know exactly. that. Exactly, and I like Boulder Dash. Boulder Dash so, is, yeah. <laughs> Boulder Dash is Dash a great is game. Good. I like the part where, where David Bowie puts his crotch in your face. <laughs> <laughs> see the problem with jackbox is a lot of people just still even though like alan's like oh yes everyone like plays like this random game and they're like oh yeah have you heard of this game in jackbox at the end of the day a lot of people still play the same core things like you know quiplash and you know murder mystery party and all that sort of stuff like you know it's hard to get people to the other random ones or play one of the other collections with ones they haven't played before they're just like let's play murder mystery party well, if that's good, that's just that's, how people if, are, though, Trent. If that's what people, if that's what people enjoy, Trent, let people have fun. For goodness sakes, no, no see, people I'm... are not allowed to have fun. We're here to play people the new game. <laughs> so I haven't even played the new collection yet. People, it's really people good. playing Gloomhaven instead. Yeah, no, actually, uh, Alan. Yeah, that 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 is the worst. Is when is not the board game friend who's sad who brought their game and didn't get to play it because I have sympathy for that guy. It's the guy who insists that everyone must play this game, despite the fact uh, that no one else there wants to play that game. Yeah, it's, it's like the, it's the. I would much rather just be like watching the football. Speaking speaking of Jackbox, I do have a recommendation. I played this a lot over Christmas, you know, family parties and whatever. It's called uh, What the Dub. What the Dub? You, yes. I, do, I don't know if you played it. It's it's on Switch now, and it's basically what they do it's a very simple game it's just they play a really bad movie like a clip from a really bad movie and then cut some of the sound out and you need to write down the dialogue for that scene so everybody writes down the piece of dialogue and then they um you, you vote on the one that you like the most and it's just it, it's just one of those games that is stupid but a lot of fun especially in a party situation See, and then you the have a that I have with that. which writes down the same actual lyrics, uh, lyrics, <laughs> the same actual words there all the time. And then you're like, oh, I don't like this. We're not burning. The worry. Correct. Well, it's not about getting right. it right. It's, it, it's not about getting it right. It's about being as stupid as possible. Is that everyone would just end up saying, come like, that's just a joke. <laughs> I'm like, not coming that's... to your, I'm not coming to your family parties, Alan. <laughs> you 
the thing is, it would be become it become but written in different ways, like a K H U M, and then like a Q U H with the umlaut, and then like an N with the like the the nya sort of N sound, like the Spanish yeah, N. So, so we usually do the cum stuff um, in like all the like the Jackbox games. Um, oh, 100 I ruin it. Yeah. The other joke, which is really common, is um, one of my friends' mum. We always like include her as a joke. It's like you know. That's mean. <laughs> his his, his mum's like doing this and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. I like to me like you're all like <laughs> you're all crimes against humanity fans. You are. Uh, yeah, I, no, I'm just I'm just sad it. because we can't do it now because she passed away. So we're oh. still gonna do it. Damn it! Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, I still do dead Jack that joke. So it's okay. Oh, anyway, yeah, so board, board oh, games that don't involve player inputs. Um, Snowball Mr. fights. Vale is a good game. <laughs> Armello. Armello. Armello is great. That's a good example. Australian. That's also that's a good example of, I guess, a board game that doesn't work in. Oh yeah, physical. you would never want to play that in person. No, but you the can't. Physical version it, would not work. Yeah, the physical version would not work, but the digital version. I mean, obviously, the, the the game itself is excellent. So I'm a big fan of Amelo. You know what I'd like to see, though? You probably, I don't know how into board games you are, but a lot of the video games are getting turned into board games now. So, like, there's, yeah. a, there's a Horizon board game now. There's Dark Souls board game. There's Resident Evil board game. There's Tomb Raider board. There's just every popular kind of property becomes a board game now. I'd like cool. to see those board games turned into digital editions as well. Like Did I you the ever play? I would love to. I would love to Never play. The, played it. I'd love to play the Civilization board game digital edition. Like, it'd just be. It'd be convenient. It, it'd be convenient for me, you know, because <laughs> I, I quite Have like. You... I like. I like the way they've abstracted how Civilization works to make it work as a board game, and it is a fundamentally different game. So making a digital version of it actually makes sense to me. Have you played the Binding of Isaac card game? I have not. Four no, songs. I'm not the world's biggest fan of Binding of Isaac. I know, but the card game is the only card game that I've actually enjoyed in my life. It's really good because it's um, it's you on should, um tabletop should, sim actually. You should play poker sometime, Alan. I don't like poker because I get very mad. <laughs> That's why you play it with real money, and then you get like mad that you. No, can. but see, I don't want to go bankrupt. <laughs> That's why I'm the guy who goes to a like, casino. Poker really well. No, I, I go to a yeah. casino. I hate and to be that I guy, lose. but I do play poker really well. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> I, I go to the casino and like I play one game, I lose money, and I'm like, "That's a fucking waste," and then go home. <laughs> I'm that guy. So, well, just generally speaking, Alan, what you don't do is put all your chips on the table immediately. No, I, I don't do that. I put like two dollars because that's the most I want to spend. How is anything more than What casino do you go to that has a two Oh, the bloody Crown Casino in Melbourne, <laughs> near St Kilda. Two dollar buy-in. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's like the table for other uni scrubs like me. 
<laughs> they like, should absolutely do that. Just casinos that have one table for I'm uni just, scrubs that don't enjoy themselves. Yeah, but yeah. rather than rather than the nice felt tables, the you know, it's just like a, a plastic table with a with a sheet over the top of it. That's, that's like no, the, it's it's that one like plastic table and chair set that every grandparent has in their backyard, where it's like the shitty white clamshell design on the chairs, and then and, and to get like, there, everyone needs to crawl through a hole. <laughs> it smells in there. No, he doesn't. <laughs> and everyone plays competitive beer bong, which you like have to like bet against as well. Well, that's the sad thing about 2020 and 2021 is that we're never going to play beer pong again. I'm never going to feel confident playing that game again, but I would like to. When I come back to Australia, I'm going to throw a ping pong ball at your head and we're, <laughs> we're going to become the ultimate beer pong champions. Harvard. <laughs> that's how it works now. You're not allowed back in Australia, Alan. For many reasons. Probably would be. <laughs> Mostly Let's my crimes. <laughs> <laughs> and for playing tennis too well. <laughs> oh, what a dickhead. Oh, this is my hot take. He sucks. <laughs> that's, that's the hot take. I can say that because I'm half Serbian. It's fine. <laughs> Maybe the Serbians like are going, oh, he's like stuck in like Australian immigration stuff. We're like like shine a light on like how we treat our immigrants and all this other shit no and he's actually, too much actually, actually introduced good policy to it just because he's in too entitled for like this shit yes we get that point but maybe maybe some people will be paying attention and be like actually immigrants and like asylum seekers and all this other stuff you know we treat really shitly and they're actually in a worse condition than he is let's do these things to like change the world that's no, absolutely but... happening for everybody except for the people who have the power to change that yeah, That's exactly. why you should vote at least the Greens or another socialist party or your local independent next election. Ooh, we're getting political now. Oh, dear. All right. <laughs> escape. Escape. <laughs> escape. All right. Well, let's go back to the board game. I, I think board games, going back to the original conversation as well, could be really useful for uh, restoring old... 80s board games that sort of thing and like introducing let's try and like recover them for new players like if someone just got a bunch of old licenses for like old 80s board games and make digital versions of them like i really love me my green ghost which dad had in like the cupboard for like ages and it had a giant green ghost and you spin the green ghost you put your hands down in like little caverns and you get some keys out and you had spiders and they had all this web and shit all over it, it was fun but imagine know, that the, as a video where the game hell, you can where the hell that. where the hell is hero quest the board game that's the thing that annoys me like games workshop shops out there every single one of their properties and there's like a million different warhammer games there's like two different warhammer quest games all of that stuff games workshop owns Hero Quest. Where is my digital edition of Hero Quest? Because I loved that game as a kid. Just walk into your local games workshop and demand they do it for you. I'm going to. There is one down the street for me. I'm going to walk in and say, "Look, I want." <laughs> I have my, a question. I want my Hero Game board, my Hero Quest board game digital <laughs> Excuse edition me, with Mr. right workshop. now. <laughs> Mr. Workshop, if that is your real Mr. name, Mr. Workshop. <laughs> Monsieur Workshop. <laughs> I have a question, Matt. Local IT provider. Be like, uh, make this video game for me. Trent does have a point. There's an awful lot of 80s board games which just went out of production. And it'd be really neat to have a lot of those back because a lot of them are good fun. There was one I think was called Key to to the Kingdom. I played that a lot as a kid as well. That was quite good fun. Matt, how bad does the Games Workshop smell? 
Oh no, this it's one's a pretty genuine good. question. This one's pretty well air, con- air conditioned. I think they recently ish moved, so that's good. And nobody that's... goes in there, so I- I'm pretty sure that you know the nerds haven't managed to sweat it up yet. The, How great the one... is that Noah's going places because of COVID, and they're just like empty as f, and it's like so awesome because you have this whole place almost to yourself because like no one is going there. No, the like, the all one the clubs and the one that gets <laughs> the one that gets stunk out is the. The, the local good game which is a board game retailer chain here in oh. australia and uh their kind of specialty is that people go in and play magic the gallery a lot basically that's oh okay do. the stinkiest group yeah you my i kid you not my wife refuses to go into that shop because she gets hit by like a wall of stench the minute she goes in. it's so real when I was like, when I was a just, kid, just invest in a little bit of air conditioner and people conditioning. People might actually want to go in there, dudes. It's the the, the, the stock is good. <laughs> they got a lot of good. They need like those scented candle, like but, um. No, but if machines. they if they lit a match, that the, the place would explode, dude. That's why you get the, the, the scented stuff with the the you put no, like no. the little candle and open an open flame. An open. It won't be open flame. It's digital technology. <laughs> I guess you could candle benefits. I guess you could set up a really big vaping machine and just like spray everyone. Or have like Uh, smashing the gathering and vaping together at last. (laughs) (laughs) Two communities renowned for being good. (laughs) So the peak understanding I have of going and like doing tabletop stuff right is was a little man. It was, it was in year six and I was very into Warhammer because I enjoyed the painting and hated playing the game. And I was taken into a games workshop by my brother-in-law. He stood in the doorway, said, smells like fart, and then walked away <laughs> really, really loudly. <laughs> and I think about that regularly because I stayed in there, even though it did smell like fart. Kids play Magic the in my year six. Mm. I just wonder who I've become sometimes, but that's okay. Another good. This is another benefit of digital. This is another benefit of the board games. They don't come with fart smell. It's great. <laughs> that's I mean, the biggest benefit of all. <laughs> oh, it's well grim. It's it's truly magic. It's a magical concept. I love digital board games because it's all the fun of board games without the board game part. So, heck yeah. They just need to take the gaming part out of it and the gaming culture away from it, and it'll be a perfect game. Just need to take everything away from it and stare at a ceiling. I think that's that's the real way we need to go as a society in this economy. Let me close the podcast with some footage of our ceilings. <laughs>